Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, yeah. We got that Friday feeling. What was it Alexis was calling it? Finally? I don't know if you were listening to that show. No, Finally, it's here. Finally, I think that's what she was going with. <laughs> I don't know. I like is that, that a yay or a nay on that one? I think it's, it's anything. It's fine. Anything about Friday is good. Yes, I think so. Right. Remember that song, that Rebecca Black song, Friday. Friday, Friday. I'm not sick of that song. I I might have to play that later. You I don't do even. Whatever you want. Right, you're okay. in charge of the buttons. You All are. Right. Okay. Today would have been a big day. It's a big day in our history, and I might get teary. Uh-oh. Oh, again? This is Uh-oh. so many times this week for you. <laughs> I Honestly. I know, but you know what today would have been? What? My dad's 90th oh. birthday. Oh, no, Julia. It would have been 90. 90. Oh, well, okay. Go ahead and cry. That could make me cry. No, daddy Oh, he was, he was born in 1931. He died in 20, excuse me, in, um, yeah, 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, April 13th, I still have the voicemail from you and Casey, and I still have the last call from my dad on my phone telling me he got a letter from the VA (laughs) and he needed to come over and he needed my help with it. And on this day in history, Uh actually it was a Thursday, January 22nd, 1931 was a Thursday, and he... um, the adventure film Trader Horn premiered at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. Um, Sam Cooke, the singer-songwriter, was born. So Dad's shared sure the same birthday. birthday. But Lori, 90. And then my little sister, there's a little family sibling thing going around today about, you know, I would have been daddy Dad's birthday, you know, kind of thing. And my little sister sends this note, and she's at Bridger Bowl uh-huh. skiing. And she said, skiing and thinking about the last time I skied with dad. And he had his boots on the wrong feet. (laughs) I think I remember that. I do too. And didn't he ski for a while like that? No, and I skied once with my little sister and I had my son's boots on that were huge. And I couldn't understand why my feet felt so small that day. And we're up way at the top, taking the tram to the very top of Big Sky. And I'm like, I, my ski boots feel like they're going to fall off. And I looked down and I'm like... These aren't mine. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> but no. so dad had his boots on the wrong feet. My dad took us skiing our whole, pretty much our whole life, Rocco. Yeah. And we learned, I learned how to ski at Lutzen. And my dad, it was back in the days of the leather tie on boots and the skis that you used to push the down in front of your ski to get in your binding. And my dad had this whoosh. 
He had a pair of head black skis, I still remember. And underneath the skis, they still had the metal plates that were screwed in. Mm-hmm. And so you would maybe sometimes go missing. But my dad, he had this, he would wear his goggles and this cool hat. And he had this leather cool jacket. And, you know, back then. A they leather were, jacket. Not Her. a leather jacket. Excuse me, oh. a red okay. kind of something jacket. And these, you know, Jack LaLanne um, pants, you know, the, the one piece, the, the one stretchy piece, stretchy ones. pants. Yeah. And he would always just do this thing with his hips and it would be in his poles and it would go shush. <laughs> and he would make us, I remember one year we had season passes at Birch Park, which used to be right across from Stillwater. And I don't, Casey wasn't around as much mm-hmm. as it was John, Gina, Catherine and I, the littler ones. And we would ski and dad would analyze us so we get take the tow rope up to the top of the hill and then he'd go all right you go then Then you go the critique then we'd get the critique it was just but we'd spend days and weekends at ski hills and just it it didn't matter because my folks were divorced and and dad would take us skiing because it was something to do with his kids you know so i remember one time at trollhagen it was the cold. It was like 40 below zero windshield or something. But we still had to go out there and went skiing. And I remember I put my ski boats next to the fire pit inside Trollhagen. And all of a sudden we smell something. And my boot is just like melting. Oh, no. <laughs> and I had to wear them. Still had to keep them and had to wear them out and everything. But I just think of, he oh. really did a lot of stuff with us. I mean, the skiing was such a big part of our life, so it's kind of fitting my sister's out skiing today yeah, and just kind of some fun memories. I can't believe your dad has been gone um, since 2014. Almost, yeah, I just can't believe it. And look, Rocco, my dad loved Lori. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, first time she met him, you know, she commented on his toupee like, oh, my gosh, someone can fly to Baghdad on that rug. <laughs> but then after that, I mean, she... she he was crazy for you, and you were crazy for him. Oh, yeah. And he was would, a great father-in-law, and he was so much fun to go out drinking with and, and traveling just, with and taking to Mancini's and helping him pick up women. I oh, loved my dad, his I, My dad had game to the very end. Yeah. Honey, hold my hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want this 27-year-old to know I'm a day over 60 because he's 75 and 80. Oh, but anyway, so geez. it would have been 90. Yeah, he would have liked you getting to be 90. He would have. He kind of, you know, was didn't see any reason why he couldn't keep going. Uh, No, except that he had that that aneurysm aneurysm thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my! Isn't that something? I mean, ninety, Laurie. Yeah, that is. All right, sorry. Well, that's okay. That's Uh, that's worth crying about, Joy. That's worth remembering. Uh, He was just such a cat and a half. He He really was a cat. I can't. Canado. Canado. <laughs> On our last trip to uh, New Smyrna, when he, uh, we were going out dancing, and I think it was when we were playing pool, he's like, uh, yeah, let's go with Canado this weekend for my name. You know, and I'm like, what's Canado? And he goes, it's Italian for Ken. I love that. And Donnie used to call him the Kenster. My dad would listen to our program, have a good program. How was the program today? Right. And it drove my dad crazy. Yeah, he's not What a is Kenster. the Kenster? I am not a Kenster. <laughs> I am Daddy-O or Ken. I am not right. a Kenster. But tell Rocco about the, the cruise that you guys went on, the uh. big cruise when dad had the girlfriend. Oh, yeah, we took him for his 80th birthday on a Mediterranean cruise. And the first day on the, you, you board in Chitavecchi if you leave out of Rome. And uh, the first day, you know, we Friday. had flown in early 
It stayed at a little hotel so that we would just be there and we wouldn't have to transfer from the airport. And the very first, we're going up to our room and this woman and her mom in the elevator and she's already got her swimsuit on and a cover up and just lovely breasts spilling out everywhere. And her mom, um, you know, has a scarf on and looks rather severe and they're speaking what sounds like Russian to me. Anyway, we said hello. And bl- anyway, your dad meets her later up on the smoking deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but they, they have like one side, one portion of the mm-hmm. deck was for smoking. And I mean, Rocco, they dated through the whole 12 day cruise. And this is the daughter. The daughter. Mm-hmm. She was like 40. Uh, the first day she asked me, is there another son? <laughs> I said back in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so they had like a little shipboard romance, and Casey had uh, gotten some Viagra from a firefighter <laughs> friend and told your dad that they were um, penis vitamin pills or something like that. <laughs> and if he were to meet anybody, and he had like five pills. And I remember this was a family discussion, though, because, because my dad had a heart thing, you're thing not supposed going to take on. A- and so we're, this is our family, Rocco, yeah. discussing if my dad should get laid. Yeah. And by the middle of the cruise, he's like, do you have any more of those vitamin pills? And Casey's like, what? You've already got drum. Anyway, they broke up in the middle of the cruise, got back together after like a 24-hour breakup. It was absolutely hilarious. She was like a doctor from Hungary. He, yeah, there you yeah. go. And my dad... And I think the thing that he did with people was he'd listen. No one would listen like him. Yeah. Well, he was, that's why he was good with the ladies. I know. He said, because he, he just lis- listen. Well, part of it was because he couldn't hear. So that I know. Was really... And I was just going to say that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's so, but I, I, but what? Oh, gosh. 90. All right. Thanks All right, for this... going on memory lane. Oh, gosh. Oh, Love it. I can't mm-hmm. believe I. I didn't look at my birthday book to see. Mm-hmm. I would have known that it was his birthday. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, when we come back, it's our story. We can't get enough. Hey, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Well, if there was one person who was the breakout star of the inauguration, it was um, the young poet who offered really stirring words for this time with her poem, The Hill We Climb, Amanda Gorman, the youngest uh, poet laureate to you know do deliver a poem at in the inauguration she has um she's been on everyone has wanted to talk to her well she's amazing anderson cooper had her on last night she left him absolutely speechless um she's got two bestsellers the books aren't even out yet she's um been offered a job uh she sat down with um virtually i should say with robin roberts who was Giddy. She was. Giddy to be meeting Amanda. So this is a report from GMA. Let us begin at the beginning. Dr. Jill Biden, she heard you and she had her her team reach out to you right away. What was your reaction when you discovered that you would be taking part in such an historic day? Wow. When I was told by the presidential inaugural committee, I was overjoyed. I was grateful. I was honestly shocked. I had not been, you know, expecting that at 22 they would trust me with such an honor. And, you know, I was also daunted at the same time. I was honestly scared of writing such a poem. I wasn't sure if I could, you know, do it justice. But I'm so glad that I put my best foot forward and did it. 
Oh, it's so good to hear that you, yes, you felt the fear, but you walked through it and you did it. She, and she really did in that poem. I didn't even really quite realize it was a poem per se because her the way she delivered it, it it made me think of, you know, how Aunt Marlene would be like, play, play a Mary Oliver poem. And Mary, right. when a poet really, they can make their poem sound like a story. They're just yep. painting such a vivid, vivid picture with their words. So go ahead and play the next one, Rocco. Amanda Gorman, just 22 years old, now the youngest inaugural poet in U.S. history, reading a poem she wrote for the occasion called The Hill We Climb. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. The Los Angeles native joining an esteemed list of prestigious poets, including Robert Frost and Maya Angelou. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother, can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. I mean, and seriously, and she said 20, 32 or 36, she's going to run or something. Gail was taken with her. And I oh, think all, everyone was mm-hmm. because she's so eloquent. She's so lovely. And she talked about her stuttering. And that's we how... might have that oh, in this oh, next okay. cut, possibly. I don't know. Gorman was only halfway through writing the poem when, just two weeks ago, that group of rioters stormed the Capitol. She decided to address that moment head on and finished her work that night. We've seen a forest that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. Her final words reflecting the gravity of the moment. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. Her work winning the praise of President Obama and Secretary Clinton, who wrote, Wasn't Amanda Gorman's poem just stunning? She's promised to run for president in 2036, and I, for one, can't wait. And she did then tell Robin about she was not able until just like two years ago, couldn't pronounce R's. I know. And then she put so many R's in this as an exercise. And that's how Dr. Jill Biden even found her is through. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, Something because the um, Joe Biden, President Biden, had something to do, you know, because he had the stutter, but mm-hmm. th- there was some association group that they were affiliated with and they had heard her speak. Yeah, and it's, um, I guess, Kennedy, um, for his inaugural, he had Robert Frost appear, and that's the first time a poet spoke ever since, and it's become a tradition. And Robert Frost spoke. He was 86 years old and died two years later. But that tradition has kept... Because I was wondering about that. Yeah, it's continued, and she's being, you know, offered jobs her book isn't even out yet and it's like number one and people are just really excited and she really um has just kind of been she hasn't been as everywhere as bernie's mittens oh bernie but people have really memes really she's been doing a lot of interviews people want want to talk to her because yeah both of her books are number one and number two on amazon they're not even out yet oh so, she was so inspiring. Very much so. Um, also, before we um, go, we've got Andrew Zimmern is joining us. Yes, he uh, is. At the bottom of the hour, we're very excited. But um, Hank Aaron passed away today, baseball legend. Yes, he was. He was 86 years old, and Holly posted... For, in honor of number 44, 44 amazing facts about him mm-hmm. because he holds a lot. Yeah, he does. Of records. But he did say um, in an interview a few years ago with USA Today that he wanted to be remembered as someone who was able to forget about baseball to play the game it's supposed to be played, but forget about baseball, be able to help mankind, help other people do things that would help people that didn't have the ability or the know-how like I did. So I want to be remembered as not someone who had 700 home runs or had a 300 batting average, but someone who did a little more, did other things to help mankind. Mm. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of great stories out there. And the, the, the story Holly posted is really very baseball statistics sure. well, driven. Yeah. But, for number 44. But I remember when he watching the game, when he broke the uh, Babe Ruth, Home record. run record. record? Mm-hmm. Well, then you might enjoy today's happy hour jukebox trivia because we're going to take a trip back to April of 1974. Oh, oh dear. Yes. Oh, so dear. look forward to that. Yes. I wasn't born. Damn. Yeah. Neither was I. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing that happened, I um, Dessa, who we've had on our show mm-hmm. before, she was charged with writing a 90-second tribute to Janet Yellen a la Hamilton style. Rocco, didn't I send that to you? Uh, you did send me the email, but let me look for it. Okay. Is it, is, a, is it a song she did or is it? She did a rap. Okay, I'll and find it's that. it's everywhere. Um, NPR kind of charged her Kai Rizdahl. Yeah. Said, you know, let's kind of do this. And she got into it and it is so great. But All right, we'll we just it tweeted it later. out at Lori Julia. We can listen to it later. Yeah. Okay. And we'll be right back. We're going to talk with Andrew Zimmer, Zimmern uh, about the taste of the NFL. And of course, he's a chef writer traveler and a television host we'll be right back thanks for hanging out with us we are delighted we have our friend andrew zimmern with us we're talking about the taste of the nfl and of course you know him from his tv show you know him from the twin cities he's a writer traveler chef hello andrew 
Hello, how are you? We are so good. And we know you, of course, because you had a show on before ours. That's right. right. My for talk three, 107 three whole months. <laughs> well well we've been we've been it was it was actually longer than that. I know because it was certainly a- felt that certainly felt that short. Uh but uh yeah, it's great to talk to you guys. How you been? We've been good. We're hanging in there yeah. and feeling good about this week. So yeah, we're excited. It's a it, it is a good it's a new day in America. Mm-hmm. I feel very I feel very uh rested from having slept well the last couple of nights. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> good. Good. Okay, so you have um you have been participating I feel like in the Taste of NFL for quite a while and this year because of the circumstance, it sounds like it's going to be a really kind of a, a cool, different advan- um, way to taste the NFL. Tell everybody about what's happening. Yeah, I've, I've been involved in hunger relief uh, and, you know, fighting and advocating for those that don't have uh, regular access to healthy, nutritious food uh, for almost two decades now. And for the last, uh, oh, Eight years now, I've been on the board of HRE, uh, Hunger Relief Events, which owned a taste of the NFL, um, and then sold that event to an amazing group called Gen Youth. And Gen Youth is a big organization, national organization, that has been specializing in fighting hunger, especially uh, for children, uh, for quite a long time. And I'm thrilled as a participant to, to let folks know that we're going to be doing a virtual uh, tailgate um, before the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday called Taste of the NFL uh, at Home. It's the first ever live stream broadcast uh, that includes uh, myself, Carla Hall, Tim Love, a whole bunch of other uh, chefs uh, doing food demos for fantastic uh, tailgating experience at home. And, uh, you know, James Brown, the host of NFL today is going to be doing chalk talks with, uh, special sports celebrities and football players. We're going to have a ton of really cool things, uh, going on that day. And people can buy tickets at tasteofthenfl.com. I think the biggest takeaway, uh, that I'd love your listeners to leave with is, you know, if you have a couple dollars to spare, the tickets are not expensive. Go to tasteofthenfl.com. You get a virtual game day gift bag, a lot of really cool stuff, and, of course, uh, tickets to the show. Um, and I would hope that people will donate to Gen Youth uh, in general. It's a fantastic organization. But people have to understand that the pandemic has elevated an issue that was already mission critical, and that's childhood hunger, mm-hmm. to absolutely unprecedented levels. Uh, one in four kids in the United States is now living in what some people call food insecurity. I call it hunger. Right. And you guys have heard me say this a thousand times. Hunger in America, the richest and most vibrant and creative and amazing culture and civilization in the history of planet Earth, that we have hungry people of any kind, let alone children, is not shameful or embarrassing. It's criminal. Mm -hmm. We have the food. People should be able to get fed. Anywhere the public dollar intersects with food, we are seeing crisis points. That's jails and institutions, senior homes, hospitals, schools. Um, So the work that Gen Youth is doing for kids is unbelievable, and I'm hoping over the next couple of years – 
with a new administration, I'm focusing a lot of my efforts on a national uh, school lunch program. Still, the only thing that we don't pay for for kids who are going to school is lunch. We pay for books, we pay for the bus, and we pay for the teachers, mm-hmm, we pay right. for the building. The only thing we don't pay for is the food. And I just, it's uh, its going to be one of my new missions. I shouldn't talk singular. I have too many too many problems to fix. Right. Well, but that's a good one. It is a good and one. do it. And you know what, Andrew? It, it has always bugged me that we use the word food insecurity uh, yeah. because it seems like it's a light word to not describe hungry. what's going yeah what's going on that people are go- hungry going to bed hungry i mean that is the thing it's weird how that word has become the word to describe people who can't get food it changed this year you know the the pain oh we oh. just lost him damn it i'll call him back yep. okay call him back it changed this year, the pandemic. I'm going to finish this sentence. It elevated everything. It heightened what was already happening in America, and, and it just brought it to light, I think, so much more. Um, so we're talking with um, Andrew Zimmerman. Some people know him as Chef Andrew. People might right. know him from Bizarre Food. People mm-hmm. might know him when he had his talk show on My Talk. I think we we were My Talk at yeah, the time. Yeah, we back. Yeah. And, um, Andrew, we were just filling in the blanks while we... Um, the pandemic changed the word. Well, yeah, the, the pandemic took that 20 to 25% of people living above the poverty line and plunge them below the poverty line. So we've seen the need at food banks and food shelves mm-hmm. triple mm-hmm. here in Minnesota, triple, um, which is which is incredible. And a lot of local groups, Second Harvest Heartland and lots of others have stepped up into the breach to fill the gap. But we need to have, I mean, policy has become my love language. If we don't have state, local and national laws created to protect people from plunging into a hunger uh, system, you know, we have, we, th- then we won't solve the problem. We have three Americas when it comes to food right now, and eating well is a class issue, and it shouldn't be. All right, that is so true. And we did see you get, you know, yep. really um, active this year, too, with, with the, um, restaurants. The, the restaurants, and, you know, where's the money for our restaurants, and being very worried because that is like such a big fabric of our daily lives that we miss being able to, you know, enjoy the restaurants to the extent that we used to have to. And the the, the real job insecurity that's happened with the people in that industry. Uh, the, num- the number one group that's on the unemployment lines right now are restaurant workers. And restaurants employ a very special pop- group of populations. Number one employer of first-time job seekers, last-time job seekers, number one employer of single moms, single dads, number one employer of returning citizens coming out of jails and institutions, number one employer, well, well one or two, depending on whose data you look at, mm-hmm. uh, along with the ag sector uh, for uh, new immigrants and immigrants and migrant workers. So it is so vital and so important that we support this industry that represents 5% of our GDP, 5%. And that's just independent restaurants. If you add in everyone in the supply chain and the hotels and the tourism and all the stuff around food uh, and the chain restaurants, we're talking about something that's well over 12% of GDP. And if restaurants, independent restaurants, if more of them uh, if the ones that are still open don't get the federal help that they need in the form of a grant that mm-hmm. is the Restaurants Act, I think we're going to see an extinction event. 
Do you feel like the restaurant act has a good chance? I I believe I believe so. I think the new administration is very much aware of it. We know that the new uh, uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer is for it. We know that Speaker Pelosi's House has already passed it. We know that it's a bipartisan bill. I mean, you know, the, the most fiscal conservative and the most, you know, uh, left-wing liberal are both going to agree that we can't let a business pillar that represents such a large piece of our GDP disappear. That is a catastrophic economics event. It's a huge jobs issue. Nobody, no politician, this is why it's not left or right or red Mm -hmm, or blue. Nobody wants more unemployed Americans, yet... This Restaurants Act has become a bit of a football. I'm, I'm confident the Senate will pass it. But the problem is that we have so much stuff in front of it that's so important. COVID yeah. relief. Uh, now I heard uh, articles of uh, the uh, impeachment articles have been sent over to the Senate. These things are going to delay right. people getting the help they need and restaurants getting the help they need. Well, and when and talking about, you know, the childhood hunger issues, when all this started, the people who come continue to come to the plate to help others are the restaurant tours. Yeah, it is. The isn't, isn't that amazing? It the really people is. We're getting kneecapped. Yep. are still out there feeding. Yeah. You know, I watched in, in Washington, D.C., my, you know, my my buddy, Jose Andres, uh, Spike Mendelson, a whole bunch of uh, Washington, D.C.-based chefs were out there. Not only are their restaurants closed and closing, uh, but all the chefs in Washington, D.C. are out cooking for the National Guard that was sleeping on cement and marble floors and patrolling uh, the Green Zone in Washington in the days before and after the inauguration. Um, and that's who they were feeding. I mean, we just... Food people always show up. Food people are the best people in the whole world. And they continue to give and give even when they're suffering. They really do. Now, here's what we want to ask you, Andrew, because we don't really, you know, there's the big, the NFL experience, um, what people are going to get because they get to have live cooking classes from you and Carla Hall. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Super Bowl uh, Sunday. Uh, 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central, live from Tampa. Uh, myself, Carla, uh, Tim Love, uh, JB, James Brown, host of the NFL Today, doing chalk talks with the most famous athletes from football and other sports. Uh, all the proceeds benefit Gen Youth's Emergency School Meal Delivery Fund to help uh, tackle hunger in our nation's uh, children, our children's population. Right. Um Pepsi is giving a game day snack box, limited edition, uh, and you get a virtual goodie bag filled with lots of surprises. And the first uh, so 5,000 people, to buy people yep, Taste buy tickets. Right, and I'm on it right now, and there's recipes there. You know, you can get your sweet and spicy chicken wings. But the way it's going to roll out is people get a shopping list. Um, when yep. you sign up yeah. for this on Saturday, so the first 5,000 people to sign up get a special gift pack. Cool. Um, and it's $100 a ticket and su- for such a good cause. And we just, it's so nice to hear your and voice. Andrew, my gosh. And your uh, passion. You're looking so cute on Twitter. Do you just, we love your whole look. We like the beard. It's, 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 I call it rakish rabbinical. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, you're looking, someone said you're looking jacked and hot as hell. 
spent well I've had nothing to do during COVID <laughs> but grow my beard, trim it a lot so it looks sharp, yeah. uh, work out and cook. Yeah. Good. Well, it I looks am. good on you. It does look good um, on you. And we really appreciate your time today and it's just nice to hear from you. It's great to you. You know, I love talking to you. And when in March, my new show comes out on Magnolia, we should talk again. Promise. I know that, uh, right. I know that your audience is a big going to be really in love with that new network. It's a fabulous. That's Chip and show. Joanna, right? Yes, yes, Chip and Joanna Gaines. The Gaines. Mm-hmm. Oh, we would love to, Andrew, Chef Andrew, Andrew Zimmerman. I still remember when we cooked at my house in Woodbury, the three of us, and made Piccadilla. <laughs> Well, let's we we did, and that was for a Minneapolis Saint Saint Paul magazine photo shoot. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's I mean, obviously, you know that uh, your mom uh, holds a very special place in my heart. I know she does, and she says hello because I told her you were going to be on today too. Please, please give her a big hug for me. I will, and thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. And again, people can get tickets at tasteofthenfl.com. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We do have a new Jason Derulo song, I think, for uh, New Music Friday. We do? Yeah, he's got a new song featuring uh, Adam Levine. And uh, Holly posted uh, the trailer for The Walking Dead. That show is still not off the air. It's I, still on. It just, it just won't die. What? It will not die. I wonder why. I don't know. That surprises me a lot. Yeah. So the trailer for the new season, she posted that. I did manage to watch the train wreckalicious episode um, of the Real Housewives of Orange County reunion, which uh, at least it's the first reunion I've seen that they've filmed, you know, the show was filmed during COVID, and right. then they did a in-person uh, reunion. Andy flew to California, okay. and they were in some big theater. And poor Shannon Bedore, somebody talked her into injecting injectables in her face. <laughs> I didn't even recognize Serious? her. It was so bad that she went on Instagram this morning to show herself to the doctor getting her fillers dissolved. Oh, they were that bad? You really need to go to the right person mm. about in- injectables, people, because there's... People were like, what happened to your face? And then Kelly Dodd was just as awful as she always is. In fact, she was... I really wonder if she was... So rude to Andy Cohen. I wonder if she's going to have a job next season. Oh, really? Because it came up, he asked her, because, you know, one of the things with the Orange County Housewives, they started filming, like, maybe the beginning of March. Okay, so right when everything was shutting down. Yeah, so there's, especially Kelly had a lot of stupid things to say. Yeah, they did about masks, I remember initially. And traveling back and forth to New York, because that's where her boyfriend, now husband, lives. But, um... You know, Andy, he puts her in the hot seat and he asks her about, um, you know, basically, you know, he asked her about masks and he said, are you taking COVID seriously? And her response will, was, well, I will wear them, Andy, because I have to. But does your pants protect you from a fart? Okay, that is just <laughs> so not yeah, even proper English. I just don't even know how to deal not with that even, one. Not even proper, but it, <laughs> one's got not, a fart isn't going to kill anybody. No. It might smell bad and, you know, da, 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 da. But it was just like, and Andy, 
His mouth was hanging open, and you don't see that very often yep. in a thing. And then she accused him of being un-American, that she hears about his tweets. And she's apologized numerous times through this whole season because she's had she's been the worst. I don't even know who she is, but I did see her on Watch What Happens Live once, and I saw him talking to her, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, dear. So we'll see if she has a job, right. but does your pants protect you from a fart? I, mean, I think that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of funny, though. It's so dumb. It's a blonde thing. I mean, it's bad. But all right, here's a yeah. show people can watch. And okay. this is something we had heard about a couple years ago, but it was on that network called Pop TV. which is TV Guide. Yeah. I get it. So, and I feel like I might have watched a couple ep- episodes, but it's Anna Paquin, and it's an English show, and it's called Flack. And what it's about, it debuts tonight on Amazon Prime. Oh, good. So people can see it. And so it stars Anna Paquin as Robin, an American PR executive living in London who spends each day cleaning up after her selfish celebrity clients. And while she excels at bailing out her clients, she struggles to get her personal life under control. And we follow her journey um, as she attempts to establish some semblance of balance between the two areas of her life. And why Flack has had a tumultuous journey to streaming. It's a British dramedy. They just don't know, but it finally got picked up. And um, it's already got a season two in the can, but what you're going to see right now released is season one. And season two has already debuted last spring in the UK, but it never saw the light of the day in the US because of... um, due to a restructuring of Viacom CBS own network, which was pop TV. So however, we Amazon does have the two season. Sounds there's good. an option to renew it. So you're not going to get into something and it's not going to be done. So there's two seasons. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it sounds very good. And I want to thank um, Luke, Luke, you know who you are. He sent this to us and he just says, um, he's just so excited to watch it and thought we would be so excited to. And he's a tall ginger with a mustache from the state fair. Oh, I love it. I know. So he. Well, he, uh, the, uh, the TV plan I have is I, I want to finish Bling Empire. I am almost done with that. Isn't that good? It really is. Anna is everything. She really, it's, it's so bad. It's kind of a, it's a reality, it's a reality show. But with seriously wealthy people. Seriously wealthy people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Baby G, there's this there's this Chinese baby boy who's a descendant from the Ming dynasty, I swear. Yeah. And, and he is, his clothes alone make me just want to die. He's so cute. He really is. He's so cute. It's the cutest baby, and his one-year birthday party was... I mean, beyond over the top. Rocco, you got any TV appointments? <laughs> you know, I've been I, I've been talking about this for a while. I've been just watching full length movies on TCM. I watched The Searchers this week with um, with uh, John Wayne. I oh, watched some Elvis movie. movies. I watched most of Girl Happy, and I started to watch It Happen at the World's Fair last night. Gosh, which sent me, which, oh, bizarre. I, I gotta tell you, I went down, I, we might have to start having a, a segment called Rocco's Late Night Rabbit Hole. Yeah, that's right. Because it. there was a cute girl, well, first of all, Shelly Fabre in oh, Girl Happy okay, is we know, Okay, you know that we know Shelly Fabre very well from, she was on this, a SEGA member um, board who put on the SEGA Awards. Really? Yeah. We have so many, Rocco, you've done interviews, you've edit, audited oh, the really? tape. Yeah. I've brought back 
from um, the say words, the years that we turned on the tape recorder. Were you yeah. pretty happy with how she looked? Oh, she, she was beautiful. There's a lot of good. Girl, you were the one who Elvis. told me that girl happy was kind of fun, and I, it is pretty fun. It is fun. And that set, it's all set like at a Fort Lauderdale motel. Yeah. And I thought, oh, what a cool motel. I'll have to go there. Turns out they just built it. It's like a set. Anyways, yeah. It's at, the the end of the story is I ended up down the Leslie Gore rabbit hole, oh. and what an amazing story she is. So, anyways, one yeah, day we'll do a does. segment called Rocco's Late Night Rabbit All right, Hole. Yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> it is fun to go down the rabbit hole of watching oh, yeah. old movies and kind of just yeah. Rocco, thanks. Thanks, Rocco. All right, we'll be right back. Yes, we will.